0: and the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show. Hey guys, online. I got James Bovard. Well, Jim Bovard, we call him. And uh, he wrote the book Last Rights: The Death of American Liberty. Get it like he's a priest, and Liberty's on its deathbed. Well, you know, and it's a play on lost rights from the 1990s, and it's such a great book, and I'm real proud of it, too, because the Libertarian Institute published it, and um, I know that the people who already read it liked it as much as I did, and I know that all the people who are going to read it are also going to like it a lot, and also probably be a little bit depressed about what you learn when you read it, too, because it's kind of a bummer, but it's a fun <laughs> read for a bummer, and and I like it. I know you will. And also, of course, uh, you know he writes for us at the Institute, where he's senior fellow, and he writes at the New York Post cuz he's a big shot like that. Welcome back to the show, Jim. How you doing?
1: Hey, Scott. Thanks uh, for having me on. Thanks for your kind words. And I have a new I have a new blurb for the book. It's a fun read for a bummer.
0: <laughs> there you go. I'm
1: going to add this to the blurb list for the book. I appreciate that.
0: Hell yeah, man. Well, there I thought of something that was worth a little something. Um, And, no, it really is such a great thing. I mean, I had to read it for, like, the one last edit, but I remember when I was reading it thinking to myself, man, this is so good. I love it when James Bovard writes books.
1: They're awesome.
0: Uh, And I read a few. Thank you very
1: much. Hell, yeah. Well, uh, uh, thanks for the encouragement. Thanks for getting the book out there. And, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, raising more hell with that, with the book and with Libertarian Institute. Hell, yeah, man.
0: All right, well, listen, let's talk about some things that you wrote for uh, the New York Post there. Let's start with Ted Cruz, because he's nominally from Texas. I don't know where he's really from, but he's my enemy rather than my representative. Cancun Ted Cruz wants to make politicians a privileged cast at the airports. So somehow if there was like a graph of this... It would be my outrage crossed with my absolute lack of shock and surprise at what scum this guy, Ted Cruz, is and how he thinks
1: America is supposed to work. Get him, Jim. Well, it's yeah. So uh, Ted Cruz is uh, was pushing an amendment to an aviation bill that would require the TSA to give special treatment to uh, members of Congress to escort them through airports and basically let them go through the screening process secretly uh, so that they would not have to deal with low lowlifes like you and I uh, at the airport. So they would not be jived for uh, double-crossing taxpayers and betraying the Constitution, or and they would not be heckled. And so uh, Ted Cruz wants to kind of um, have have politicians as a privileged caste. And what makes this especially odious is neither Cruz nor the vast majority of other members of Congress give a damn when the TSA molests innocent people, grandmothers, um, uh, teenagers, uh, rednecks. I mean, uh, and there's a bunch of lawsuits right now from uh, women who are suing them uh, because the TSA forced them to endure a strip search To prove that they that their menstrual pad was actually uh, in use, and uh, there was there was a line that um, you know, so the uh, TSA is fighting these in federal court. Federal lawyers say. Well, forcing a woman to uh, endure a strip search to show her bloody menstrual pad, that was simply a petty oppression. It wasn't a big deal, and the court should disregard it. I don't know. There's there's a lot of tough women in Texas. I would not tell them that because you get your ass kicked. Oh, just a petty oppression. That's all that petty is. Petty oppression. Yeah, a strip search. Well, you know, you know, people have to people undress when they go to the gym. So, I mean, you have federal agents for uh, taking you to a private room, forcing you to take off your pants. Well, that doesn't really matter. It, you know, it's the same as when you were in taking gym class in high school. This is this is the kind of stuff they say. Justice Department says this in their court briefs. Mm-hmm. It isn't just some wit PR spokesman, This is this is how they vindicate themselves in federal court for trampling Americans' constitutional rights.
0: That's incredible. And now, there's a little bit of Stanley Milgram kind of thing going on here, too, right, where they're not really cops, and they can't make you do anything other than miss your flight, but you could just tell them, hell no, I'm not taking off my pants for you. I guess I'm just going home, and you can go to hell, and they can't lay oh. a hand on you for that,
1: right? Well, the the uh, TSA can summon people to have you arrested, uh, and there is a huge fight but for uh, refusing
0: the, uh, a strip search.
1: Um, I think so. It's it's Man. a gray area. So okay. I mean, what uh, what people need to keep in mind the, the uh, simple tip of the day is never go to a private room with a TSA TSA agent. It's sort of like some devious uncle at a family gathering when you're <laughs> eight years old, uh, because. You force them to do whatever they want to do in public, get it on videotape. If if the TSA gives you shit, put it online and let it go viral.
0: Yeah. And always insult and degrade the humanity of the TSA employees. I always do. I never miss an opportunity to tell them what scum they are. And they should have to endure that from every single person going through that every time.
1: Well, it, it's just it's a bizarre situation because you had the TSA. Uh, TSA was a pain in the ass from the time it was started, but then in 2010 they started they imposed these whole body scanners using radiation to take naked photos of travelers to put in their dossier or elsewhere or you know to share among themselves and laugh at. Oh yeah, here uh, I'm. Uh, I'm afraid this guy will never be a porn star. Oh oh oh. Yeah. So uh, there was there was actually a funny case. The, the TSA agents were um, uh, going through the, uh, that scanner uh, to uh, test it when it was first rolled out, and there was a TSA agent who got arrested for attacking the other guys working there because they had made fun of the size of his uh, endowment because he was rather lacking. Well, he's a federal employee, but that's a different story.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, why do you think he's a federal employee? Speaking of which— Ted Cruz, this scum. I mean, does he even have to fly commercial with the rest of us anyway? I mean, he Not already very often, has. A, I bet. Yeah, man. It's, but, some corporations flying him around, um, but I guess. You know,
1: go ahead. Yeah. Uh, uh, part of what I was when I was reading up about this, you know, I saw. Uh, I forgot the original uh, alert on this, but uh, then I was reading about this, and it turned out that uh, Cruz, I guess. His safe airport travel specialized screening process fix might have been forged because of his experience in Bozeman, Montana, in 20, 2022. He was uh, um, cruising, missed a flight, and so he was carrying a new one to the airport. Uh, some airline staff. It was so so vehement that the that uh, a policeman was summoned to uh, help settle things down. And but the but the airport admitted, you know, that the the problem was the airport official failed to recognize Ted Cruz as a U.S. senator.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what were they supposed to do, turn the plane around and come back and get Senator Ted?
1: He's such a special I don't know. guy. I don't know, but so I was I'm, I was trying to figure, you know, it's always a question, what does Ted Cruz want? And so he was wanting a special uh, treatment, a special process. So I was wondering if Cruz would want a course of trumpeters to herald the entry of lawmakers into airport terminals. Yeah.
0: And it makes you wonder too, is his problem that he has to wait in line and get there an hour early and, you know, get felt up. He doesn't have to do that
1: because, uh, you know, people were making some comments on the piece and they were saying, you know, you go to Washington National Airport in DC, TSA is already doing this People, stuff. Yeah, I bet. Um, Yeah. I, I haven't it, verified that, but it sounds plausible. I
0: mean, and also, you know, for a guy like him, he clearly doesn't care about other people having their rights violated or being inconvenienced. I think he probably just is more afraid than anything of standing in line for an hour around his constituents who might start talking to him about what a scumbag he is. And then how's he supposed to answer that? Of course, he wouldn't have anything to say except, you know, no, I'm sorry.
1: Well, it, it's it, it's it's a hell of a thing that the that instead of fixing TSA for everybody else uh, uh, people in Congress want to further exempt themselves from the law and all the aggravations they're inflicting on everybody else because it's Congress that bankrolls TSA Congress is responsible and they've done very poor if any oversight except no so there's you know there's uh, basically uh, a one exception TSA's making a, a big point now that they're trying to give special treatment to transgender people, because if they go through the, uh, the, uh, the whole body scanner, then things show up on the x-ray that, well, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> and so, so they're kind of getting a, uh, uh, the, uh, they're getting a get out of grope free card in some cases. Oh, there and you as go. someone who's gotten, as someone who got hammered or, uh, you know, groped because of, Uh, Because their stupid scanner alerted for the um, zipper on my Levi's jeans is like, you know, this agency's almost makes me cynical.
0: Yeah, it's completely crazy that we put up with this at all. And, you know, I admit it. I pay the extortion. I'm not doing the eyeball scan, but I pay the extortion. what $85 every five years or whatever to get the pre-check, because otherwise it's just. You know, taking off your shoes, take your laptop out of your backpack, take off your hat and your jacket. Meanwhile, I pay them $85, and I don't have to take my laptop out of my backpack or take off my hat or my jacket or my shoes. Well, what difference is made there? There's, you know, the whole thing is, uh, it's such a racket. And... You know, I am confessing to giving into it because, I mean, man, I just miss too many flights where I just decide I can't do this anymore. Man, This is standing in line for an hour um, or more while these goons—and they're never in a hurry. They act like they don't even know that they're at an airport and people got a plane to catch, you know? Like, I can feel Ted Cruz's frustration in Bozeman, you know what I mean? Although he probably was just late. But if you get if you miss your flight because of these security goons— I mean you're not supposed to threaten them and stuff but it's understandable <laughs> no, no, how you'd want no, to it's a
1: very bad idea. Yeah. A very bad idea, Scott. You know, it's just like, you know, okay, um it's possible to uh, to uh make verbal jives, but you know, um there was um I I had a, a story when I was coming out of uh D- Dallas, um uh, uh, when I was there in November, I was flying out and the, uh, the TSA agent uh, takes my bag. Oh, we got a problem with this. She pulls it aside. She goes through it. She searches up and out. And then she finds it. I had a uh, half a jar of peanut butter. And she says, uh, <laughs> you can't take this because it's a liquid. I said, it's peanut butter. It's not a liquid. It's a liquid. I have, to, I have to seize it. And so I just kind of you know shrugged. And some guy comes up to me and says, well, are you pissed off because TSA took your peanut butter? And I just smiled and I said, I'll settle scores with them later.
0: Yeah, there you go. That's right.
1: Yeah. They know uh, I write
0: for the post. Yeah.
1: Well, (laughs) uh, for the post. And uh, I I did a story for Mises on that as well. And uh, Bill Anderson was saying, yeah, I read that line about you're going to settle the score. Shit, I hope he's not going to shoot up the airport.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Jim, we all know you carry a 357. Um no, nah, man, uh, Jim's not dangerous. He's a pen mightier than the sword type. But, um, you know, I, I, seriously, this actually happened. I mean, I've been through this enough times where, you know, they take a microphone and then pretend to not understand what it is and to think that, oh, maybe there's a bomb in there. And let me just look at it. It's not like yes. It's not like the guy's smelling it or, like, really trying to see if somehow – if he like took the screws out of it, like could there be a bomb in there? He's just looking at it, like it's gonna say on the side of it, "Yeah, Horton hit a bomb in this microphone." So he's just gonna look at it for thirty-five seconds, and then put it back in the bag. And I swear to God, this is true. The last time, I, I'm almost certain this is the last time I flew. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, because it was when I went to do Tim Pool's show, and I brought my skateboard with me, and the guy sat there and pretended to inspect my skateboard. Which like it doesn't have an internal compartment of any kind, right? It's just essentially maple plywood with trucks and wheels on it. Like, what? What's to inspect? And he's just looking carefully at it. And you gotta want. And they're doing this to everybody, or you know, uh, their so-called random inspection. But they're doing this all day, every day, to people looking at the uh, tread of their shoes or whatever it is, pretending to investigate. The whole thing is so crazy. It's like a TV show, like um, some kind of farce.
1: Well, yeah, and it, it's it's a kind of farce which I thought would end at some point, but no, it's still going, and and it's just it's um, it's bizarre, and it's sad that people put up with it, and sad that Congress rolls over for it. Uh, but uh, you know, at least it, um, at least it keeps the, the fires of my cynicism and yours burning hot. So.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it does. It pisses me off, and it it does uh, keep me on my vendetta. Uh, not that there's any turning back now.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> going to say, it's, it's sort of late for you to go moderate to a spot.
0: <laughs>
1: All right. Well, speaking of which, I
0: don't like the president that much, and you've been writing some funny stuff about him for the Institute and for the New York Post as well. And... um Man, especially he got in so much trouble the other day when the special prosecutor who was sent to investigate the classified files in his garage said what in his report there, Jim, exactly.
1: Well, he said that the um that well Biden had violated the law. He uh, he he retained and disclosed classified information, but it it, it wasn't really it wasn't a crime. He wasn't guilty because he was hopelessly clueless about his own life and career. (laughs) And then
0: he cites examples in there, too, right?
1: Oh, there was uh, there was some really good stuff that was, uh, um, you know, I was I was trying to elbow here and there and try and get stuff in. Uh, Some lines I got in some places, other lines I got in elsewhere. So uh, so the, uh, the the report said, quote, Biden did not remember when he was vice president forgetting um, uh, when his term ended. Pathetically, Biden asked the interviewers, when did I stop being vice president?
0: Amazing. Yeah, it was
1: fascinating. And then he even got it wrong, right?
0: And said, what was that, 2013? When that was halfway through, of course.
1: Yep. Yep. So there was was a line which I had in there. I said, you know, if Biden is reelected, the official oath of office should be modified to promise to faithfully execute the office of the president on days that I remember that I'm president.
0: Yeah, seriously, man. And then, and speaking of which he couldn't remember when his son died, which is funny because he brings that up all the oh, time. Oh
1: My goodness. Yeah. It's the bow card. It's the bow get out of jail card. And it's uh yeah, he was, um, and it, it was funny because, um, well, it's, 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 it's tragic. His son died. But uh, the uh, special counsel pointed out that Biden didn't know within several years when his son died. And then Biden viciously attacked the special counsel in that press conference on Thursday night. And that was uh, and the um, former Attorney General Eric Holder said that the special counsel Robert Hur was was a rube for asking for asking about that. And then it turns out it was Biden who raised the subject. It wasn't the special counsel.
0: Yeah, of course it was cuz he always brings that up. And he oh my lies. Goodness. He always lies. He's I mean this has happened what four or six times or somewhere at least four or five times he has said that his son was killed in Iraq or died in Iraq. And at one point Snopes did a thing where they said, you know, they weren't questioning the accusation of whether he said it, because people have tried to deny that he's ever claimed that now, which is ridiculous. They just oh, fact oh. check whether that's where Bo died or not. And they said, no, that's wrong. He did not. And I think there is a strong case, and this is what Biden sort of kind of means, that his son probably got brain cancer from the burn pits in Iraq and or in Kosovo, where he was also stationed um, because that's happened and he read about his son. In fact, I'm pretty sure Jim, if I remember the anecdote, right, that it's an interview on PBS Newshour where they tell him in the interview that, you know, this guy, Joseph Hicks, who's the great whistleblower of the CIA murders at Guantanamo's, uh, secret CIA site in 2006, uh, same guy. He wrote a book called the burn pits. And he has a whole chapter about your son in there. Did you know that? And the idea is that maybe he got cancer from these burn pits. And Biden goes, no way, really? I didn't know about that. I'll have to read that. And that happens like right there live during the interview. And then well, that was what happened. Is is And I think Hickman's probably right about that. And so that was how he learned about that. But then he gets to just embellish the hell out of it. And he said over and over and over again that his son died in Iraq or even was killed in Iraq, making it sound like he was trading rounds with al-Qaeda in Iraq and... Got one, you know, fell in battle like a hero or whatever. And he does bring it up all the time, including, I don't know if you remember during the campaign, there were two veterans who confronted him and said, hey, we fought in that war and you lied us into it and sent us into it. And we're mad about that. And he goes, oh, yeah, well, my son died in it. And the the one guy says, "Okay, but we didn't say anything about your son. And he goes, yeah, well, you better not, too. Because he's my boy. And then that's it. That's how he gets to change the subject from his responsibility wow. for murdering his own son with brain cancer to death.
1: Well, I wouldn't say he murdered his own son, but, um, you know, he, well, he supported the war Kosovo in Kosovo and Iraq. That's for sure. Yeah. His, uh, his hands are not clean, but it's it's a mess at so many different levels. and I'm just kind of um it, it's amazing how much he's gotten away with so but so so there were some really funny details in this uh there in, in that report um the uh, white house was really worried that the uh, but that the report might have uh, j- jolting photos of the classified uh, documents i mean uh, and that's what it had i mean there was i mean but but who among us has not stored notebooks full of top-secret information <laughs> underneath their television. Yeah, seriously. Like fine in Delaware.
0: I actually probably have a couple, but listen, I mean, I'm probably not typical either. Hey, y'all, I got a new coffee sponsor. Moon Artisan Coffee at moondozartisancoffee.com. When I wake up in the morning, I feel like my brain is all dried out. I need to pour a hot mug of rich, tasty coffee all over it to get it back working again, like 10W30 for the noggin. Though not necessary, it helps if the coffee tastes good. Well, Mundo's Artisan Coffee does taste good. They get the best beans from all around the world, and they don't burn them. Support the show and support your brain at Moundo'sArtisanCoffee.com. Just click the link at the right margin at scotthorton.org. Hey guys, I had some wasps in my house, so I shot them to death with my trusty Bug Assault 3.0 model with the improved salt reservoir and bar safety. I don't have a deal with them. But the show does earn a kickback every time you get a Bug assault, or anything else you buy from Amazon.com by way of the link in the right-hand margin on the front page at scotthorton.org. So keep that in mind. And don't worry about the mess. Your wife will clean it up. Well, folks, sad to say, they lied us into war. All of them. World War I, World War II, Korea, Vietnam, Iraq War One, Serbia, Afghanistan, Iraq War II, Libya, Syria, Yemen... All of them. But now you can get the ebook All the War Lies, by me, for free. Just sign up for the email list at the bottom of the page at scotthorton.org or go to scotthorton.org slash subscribe. Get All the War Lies by me for free. And then you'll never have to believe them again. But you know, it is important here, too, that he was only the ex-vice president. He doesn't have any power as vice president to declassify anything. Right. Absolutely. Only the president yeah. or somebody else. So it's this is not the same as Donald Trump, who literally was the president and can declassify things by wishing it. So maybe not even out loud. I don't know. <laughs> huh.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm very uncomfortable with that. But that, that's a whole different subject. But it's just, um, you know, Biden's um, it, it's actually funny to see how he and the White House are, have tried to push back on this. But, uh, you know, I think that they that they need to have, uh, you know, have a change of subject and have a Russian bomb go off in space or something Yeah, because there is really not any defense for this. And, um, it, it you know, there was, there was a funny timing on this. My, my uh, article on this first came out in the uh, New York post around six 30, 630, maybe six thirty eight on, um, Thursday evening. And, and, and I was saying, well, uh, this is, you know, you know, the situation looks really bad for the president. The thing he needs to do is have a press conference to clear the air and settle these things and, uh, you know, maybe reestablish his credibility. <laughs> An hour later, he does that and like, OK, maybe my advice wasn't good.
0: Oh, man. Yeah. No, they should not pay any attention to you, Bovard. Well,
1: well <laughs> I, I, hey, I, had saboteur. Some, I had some good, So so Biden, uh, the uh, uh, after that debacle, the press conference. Some uh, fashion advisor, uh, a New York Post ran this story by this lady who was giving uh, a Joe Biden fashion advice. And it was like, uh, so I saw that and it's like, you know, I don't think so. Because she was saying like, you know, Biden needs to start wearing these fancy leather baseball caps that cost $950. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know, Biden doesn't need to do that because he's already going to get the votes. From Martha's Vineyard in Beverly Hills.
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: But um, uh, but the thing, but the th- if, but if Biden wants to you know do well in the South, he needs to wear a hat like mine, a railroad engineer cap.
0: There you go, man. I could see that, and that is part of his whole shtick, right? Is you know the Amtrak rails and all that.
1: Uh, Amtrak rails, and uh, you know the thing you should wear in, in Iowa is a John Deere hat, but uh, <laughs> but instead you get these fashion advisors. Telling him to act like John Kerry doing windsurfing in 2004.
0: Yeah. Well, I expect him to listen to them. You know what I mean? They always do. Um, What he needs is a dunce cap up there. And, you know, that press conference was such a disaster watching that thing, and which I appreciate you tricking him into doing that and everything. But, uh,
1: <laughs> the, yeah, I'm sure the New York Post has a lot of pull in the White House there, but. Uh, <laughs> well, they don't it know. Was,
0: um, They're a bunch of stupid kids. But, you know, like he, the, I love the way uh, almost everything out of the guy's mouth is a non sequitur, right? So the lady in the press says, you know, the public is concerned. And he goes, no, that's your judgment. You like he just starts screaming at her. And then he goes, that's not what the press thinks. And it's like, well, yeah, but she didn't say that. She was said the public. And then, uh, yeah, it was... but that is what the press thinks because she's the press and she's asking the questions. So like even then he's kind of not, it's doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And, and, and then he's just screaming at her. It just reinforces the idea for anybody who knows any real old people that, like, yeah, the demented sometimes get ornery when they can't make sense out of things.
1: (laughs) It kind of reminds you. It's just – yeah, it's – you know, there was – people were saying online that it was a deep state that had pulled his strings or whatever to get him to go out and do that uh, press conference. I don't know. That's probably not true, but – I mean, I would be I'm fascinated to know if it was Biden insisting that he do that or if it was his masterminds that insisted he go out there because it was such an unmitigated disaster. Um, and it's the uh, uh, you know, he was playing playing the bow card. He says uh, he says, oh, I wear the I wear the rosary, which he gave. I, I wear that. Uh, every day, the the, the rosary that, that uh, Bo wore that he got at Our Lady of—and then his voice faded off because he forgot the church's <laughs> name.
0: That's so funny. And then I saw in your Libertarian Institute piece, too, he says,
1: I like the red states and the green states. Oh, the red states and the green states. This is a new one. And so, so I'm thinking a state is a green state if 20% of the people own a Tesla.
0: Yeah, there you go. Well— and there, yeah. Speaking of Martha's Vineyard, I mean, I don't even know if you could get that in Massachusetts or in Oregon
1: or whatever, right? What are the percentages there? Yeah, um, it's 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 looking kind of dicey. But 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 the thing that ties into your neighborhood was was uh, his revelation that the uh, president of Mexico is in charge of the uh, border of Gaza. Oh,
0: right. Yeah, that was the same press conference right where he said that.
1: It was the same press conference. Yeah. And, and I, I was sitting there and I was thinking, God, dear, I've got to update my article. I've been busting ass for six hours and keep going. <laughs> and then it's like, wait a minute, Mexico, where did that come from? Right. I, I mean, it's easy, Mexico, Gaza. I mean,
0: did how am I, I
1: going to fit all these screw-ups and under my word limit here, man? Oh, that's it. Yeah. Well, the word limit is blown to pieces. Yeah,
0: man. Well, and you know what? And this didn't get that much attention too. although I did see uh, one kind of leftist activist on Twitter note that never even mind him calling Egypt, Mexico there. He was claiming that Egypt wouldn't allow any aid in. And then he got on the phone and had CC, you know, twisted his arm to get Egypt to let the aid in to Gaza, and he deserves a big pat on the back for that. But that's a lie. That never happened at all, whether he's talking about Mexico or not. or you know. Um, and, of course, he's the one helping the Israelis kill all those people. So he wants to claim credit for letting a little bit of aid in or something? This is completely crazy. And so that got washed away by the fact that he called Egypt Mexico, Cause everybody's like, wait, which crisis is he talking about now?
1: <laughs> but he also oh, wasn't just, even right either. So, yeah. It's just level after level of bizarreness. And, and it's just, and, and it's, um, it's going to be fun. I think the white house is going to feel that they have to put him out in public more because they can't hide him in the basement after this. Yeah. But it's like, you know, it's, um, it's, it might be like some old cars that, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of a, uh, a, um, their, an old girlfriend long ago had a an old Dodge Dart, and uh, <laughs> you know it, it it wasn't doing so well, and so so we finally decided we had to get rid of it, and so I'm driving down U.S. one, ball, you know, outside of you know Maryland suburbs, and the problem was it had a loose rod in the engine, so at any point you're waiting for that that rod to go in the engine to blow up, mm-hmm. so. So you're riding along, you're not wearing a seatbelt in case you need to get out of the car because the car's in flames. And you're thinking, well, well, let's find one more junkyard. Maybe they'll give us 50 bucks for it. And, you know, that's kind of where the Biden presidency is at this point. There's a couple of loose rods. You don't know what it's going to blow up. But I don't know if anybody's going to give you $50. Seriously, man. And,
0: and honestly, and this goes for Trump to a degree as well, that either of these guys could drop dead. You know, or fall up or down the stairs
1: or or, uh, die of unknown causes, if if you know what I mean. Well, yeah.
0: And I think Trump probably should be more worried about the secret police doing him in. But I could see some ambitious Democrats thinking that, boy, they better stop their guy before, you know, and and in a fallen empire like this, what's the more to prevent them now? You know what I mean? From from going that far. Um, Yep. It's a mess. It is. It's completely crazy. But um, and and uh, but look back to your question about who decided to put him out there. I bet it was him. I mean, that's the thing. I keep finding myself wondering who's in charge up there. But I think that's the answer. Right. Is Joe Biden's in charge. He's the president. He's the one who and I'm sure the interagency tries to come to consensus on as much as they can. But he's the one who breaks the tie. When his staff disagrees, the secretary of state can't really take control over the government and neither can the national security Advisor. I don't know how much power his chief of staff has or if anybody writes much about that. But and Biden, of course, has always wanted to be president his whole life. And yep. uh, and the more yep. demented he is, probably the more just kind of. Uh, you know, angry and and jealous of his own power, he is too. And and so
1: Well, there's a there's a huge factor too. Biden got elected to the Senate, I think, in seventy nineteen seventy two. Mm-hmm. So for over fifty years he's had vast numbers of people blowing smoke up his ass. Yep. And he's supposed to be some great visionary and a great humanitarian, this, that and the other. He's actually from a state where once you get into power, it's really hard to get you out of power. That was his secret to his career. And and, and plus, I mean, he sold out his. well. It's not possible to sell out principles that you don't have. I mean, but he's been a a Washington player by going along with uh, most of the bad things the government wanted to do or the powers that be wanted to do. And it's like uh, but it's just it's a horrible way to choose a national leader.
0: Yeah, seriously. Hey, did you know this one? I learned this from a Bronco March Teach's book, Yesterday's Man, about Biden. The first thing he did when he got to the U.S. Senate in 1973 was denounce Richard Nixon for his hasty and precipitous withdrawal from Vietnam. Oh, that's
1: interesting. I didn't know that.
0: Is that just incredible or what? This is the guy who's the president of the United States right now.
1: Yeah, well, and, and uh, was, it, was it the second thing he did was buying buying the biggest mansion in Delaware?
0: Probably, yeah, on a down that payment from a credit card later. company.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, his entire life history is like, wow. But I guess uh, a lot of people feel, felt they'd benefit from putting him in that place, so there he is.
0: Yep. Yeah, seriously. Well, and, you know, look, as long as we're picking on uh, his dementedness, Um, I saw some lady—I'm sorry, and I got what Biden's got, too. I can't remember it well enough, but I saw a lady on Twitter who is like a Democrat partisan say, oh, yeah, and I guess you just prefer the guy who— and then she had a big list of Trump's recent screw-ups, including he called Orban the president of Hungary. He got him confused with Erdogan and called him the president of Turkey. And then he also had apparently this whole rant about Nikki Haley— And it wasn't just that he screwed up her name and, and, you know, transposed a little thing. Even the Mexico-Egypt thing there could almost just be like a misspoke in the simplest way. But... Trump had a thing where it was all Nikki Haley's fault that January 6th happened because she's Nancy Pelosi and she's in charge of security at the Capitol there that day. And she didn't call the police out in all of this. And it's like, dude, this isn't Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat Speaker of the House. This is your primary opponent in the Republican Party, your former ambassador to the United Nations, right? Pow? Somebody. That's pretty bad. And there was two or three more on her list. Um, I forgot what all they were, but yeah, those are some pretty serious slip ups right there, too. And he's uh, what two or three years younger than Biden, but they're both way too old for this. You I know?
1: agree. I agree. I, I mean, uh, uh, Trump in his prime had a had a quick mind, not a deep mind. Perhaps maybe maybe it's deeper than a look, but he was quick but um you know his his glory his mental glory days are past
0: <laughs> yeah seriously and you know what i admit i kind of like to see him get his vengeance but that's about the only thing that he's really running on is please let me get my vengeance and i'm like ah okay i really hate the same people he hates a lot you know i don't know but i'm not i'm not sure about Uh, putting anyone that out of his mind back in there, you know, not that it's up to me.
1: Well, I mean, and it's just sad. He doesn't seem to have learned anything much from his failures of his first term and to hear some of his people yapping about slapping a big across the board tariff on all imports. It's like, okay, so you failed econ 101 at the university of Pennsylvania. Don't punish, don't punish us forever because of your failure.
0: Yeah, seriously, and again, yeah. After they already had four years at that and got nothing oh, but trouble it was a mess, for it,
1: a huge yep. mess for American agriculture and 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 other industries as well. So,
0: yeah. Um, well, and anyway, we, let's not get started on the whole list of all the things that he did wrong because that's None. a hell of a lot. But um, it is—it's such a crazy situation. You know, I had this uh, interview. Earlier today with Peter St. Ange, who's this uh, Austrian school economist who's been making these great YouTube videos lately, and we were talking about just the rock and the hard place that the Federal Reserve is in and the whole political system where they really need a crash right now, and the inflation is causing so many problems. But the crash will doom the president, and so they're caught in this— you know, terrible rock in a hard place situation where they're probably going to start cutting or at least hold where they are and pray the crash doesn't come until after the election. Um, but, and it's all because of the obvious priority that anyone would know that no one would argue that the Federal Reserve is part of the plot to make sure that Biden is reelected, <laughs> right? The entire yep. establishment is doing everything they can to say that, It doesn't matter if it's the other major party. This candidate is illegitimate and you can't have him.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's uh, there's so many levels of BS. It's frustrating.
0: Yeah. Um, And especially I think about the situation that the Fed chairman is in where they really wanted to raise the interest rates and go ahead and cause the crash now. But now they can't. (laughs) They should have done it last year.
1: it's a mess it's such a mess
0: yeah man all right listen there's one more thing i want to ask you about before i let you go here this is a yeah maybe i should ask you about this one first because you could argue it's the most important one really here uh again new york post biden's big brother teams are now watching what you buy hope you pay in cash and you know this has always been my paranoia uh and I've always tried to spend cash instead of cards because I just don't want everything in the world on my permanent record. But of course, we live in a world with the IRS, so you gotta keep close track so you can try to write things off and and get away with enough to live on around here. Um, but then it's uh, it's come to it now. It ain't the future. It's now that you have the Feds in you know. Um, Domestic criminal police, not just like intelligence services sitting on the stuff in a database somewhere. But you got feds investigating people based on completely legal purchases that what their algorithms say are suspicious. Jim, and how suspicious? What the hell is this?
1: Well, it's 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 one more level of absurdity from the uh, uh, Biden's Treasury Department. Which is uh, pressuring banks to track these type of purchases. But uh, for instance, if someone uh, buys a hat at a Bass Pro Shop, boom, that can be added to their uh, financial records. The Feds are tracking, and the same for people who who purchase Bibles or quote other media containing extremist views, what? as the House Judiciary Committee said.
0: Wow!
1: So this is like, um, and so this is a the Treasury Department's got. A financial crimes enforcement network known as FinCEN, Mm -hmm. and it has a very broad definition of suspicious behavior, and it could include your bus tickets, rental cars, plane tickets, or travel to areas with no apparent purpose. Hey, I was there at Waco for a good reason.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, although one that I think that they probably wouldn't approve of. Uh, It's funny the way all the different interviews are tying together on the show today. We had a talk earlier with Kevin Gostela about how the government, the British government, and the American government echoing them say that, well, Julian Assange is not a responsible journalist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, um, I'm still waiting for Lewis Free to say that about me. Yeah, I know.
0: But yeah, so... um, now, look the bass pro shop. Let's guess that some percentage of the audience maybe leans left and they don't know what a bass pro shop is, but i I think <laughs> like
1: are they that bad? I don't know i I mean they're not everywhere. Eric. Um, okay. I don't right. Right. think, okay. but like Dick's sporting goods, can we yeah. go with that? Is that, is that, uh, better for your audience?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I was just going to say like for, if people don't know, wouldn't it be fair to say that like the entire right half of the American population, even not just country, but the entire, like from the suburbs and to the right of there have all been to Bass Pro Shop and bought something,
1: right? Like I don't, yeah. uh, uh, Bass Pro Shop or, or, uh, Cabela's. Places uh-huh. like that, uh, but but somebody was speculating was that yeah well the uh, you know the reason they're worried about Bass Pro Shops is these extremists go there and buy bear spray to attack the uh, the uh, police at the U.S. Capitol. So that that's a very broad definition of collective guilt. Yeah,
0: it's completely nuts. And of course, they sell. Yeah, I was just at one recently. They sell what ATVs and T-shirts and hats and. I'm probably making this up, but like what bows and arrows and stuff like that. Fishing gear and
1: yeah, dangerous shit, dangerous shit.
0: Yeah, man. Um, and so then the algorithm says that then if I go and buy a fishing pole and a MAGA hat, or maybe I get a, a bass pro shop hat here and a MAGA hat there, then, oh, and I go to church. That's enough to get me investigated or that's enough to get what to happen to me now
1: um well if you add that to the other stuff in your dossier it's certainly enough but it's this it's these 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 feds are casting such a broad definition of extremism to justify tracking these kind of things but in washington anyone who doesn't worship the federal government is considered an extremist i mean you know to be honest some people think of even me as an extremist i can't believe that it happens yes i'm sad I failed as a Boy Scout. I failed.
0: (laughs) What's funny is, and people can read all these, I think, at jimbovard.com. I know they're on your Wikipedia page, is all of the government agents and and department and agency heads who have denounced you for your uh, various books and articles, denouncing them over the years. There's a lot of fun to read. Some real badges of honor it that is. you wear there.
1: I mean, uh, life life needs entertainment value. Oh yeah, um, man. So, but this is like uh, I don't know—is this the same old shit, or this is some kind
0: of Rubicon is really being crossed here, man? Where they're
1: just—it's somewhere in between because it's just—it's—it's it, it's great. You got the Congressman Jim Jordan House J- House Judiciary Committee probing this stuff and putting the information out. I mean, I think this kind of stuff's been going on for a long time, but we're learning a lot more about it because the uh, GOP captured Congress in 2022. So, um, but it's um, what frustrates me is is it may be they're doing things that are much much worse that we've not yet heard about.
0: Yeah, seriously. Well. And even the stuff that we do know about, like from the Snowden revelations, about how much the intelligence community shares with the feds. Yeah. Yep. Where the FBI just gets to go rummaging through whatever the NSA's got, and they got anything and everything. So, pretty bad. And then, well, anyway, um, it's been a long day. I'll let you go. Thank you, Jim, for all your great work at the Institute, for your great book, and all your great articles uh, here and at the New York Post as well. Appreciate you.
1: Hey, thanks so much, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Keep up the hell raising.
0: Hell yeah. But you guys, that's the great Jim Bovard. And you got to check out his new book, Last Rights: The Death of American Liberty. The Scott Horton Show, Anti-War Radio, can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, APSradio.com, antiwar.com, scotthorton.org, and libertarianinstitute.org.